Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Job. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Yes, sir. Yo, last night was epic. You ain't lying. You ain't lying, man. And we are here to talk about it all. Uh, minus the pre-show, because I don't yeah. think any of us saw the pre-show. No, I, I I seen like the I seen clips of one match on the pre-show, and that was it. I didn't watch the pre-show. But I do want to give a, a special congratulations to the Gun Club for their victory. Um, they were going up against the New Japan LA Dojo, which consisted mm-hmm. of Alex Collin. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. Kevin Knight, the DKC, and Yuya uh, Yuya Yamura, I believe is how you say that. Yeah, I think um, Yuya Yamura. And they beat uh, the DKC for the win. Um, I'm not entirely, I'm not really sure where I'm at on their gimmick, but shout out to the Gun Club for getting that victory in the in the pre-show, in the buy-in, as they say. Let me hear you say yes, boys. Oh no. <laughs> We're not saying it. Okay. Okay. Just, it's just not me. The ass boys. Okay. It's just me. Uh, all right. Yeah, but we we got a lot to run down, man. This was a good card. Uh so let's run through it and see what see what we think of some of these matches, man. So with that being said, the first match was the Jericho Appreciation Society and Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Shota, and Wheeler Yuta. So tell me something. Is is Minoru Suzuki like, is he a tweener? Um, What do you mean? As far as like heel and face? Yeah, like I, I, I feel like Suzuki gun itself is more of a, a heel faction, but Minoru mm-hmm. Suzuki himself is like kind of a tweener. I, I think Suzuki is more towards the heel things than he is the face things, just because his last few matches have been with all faces. Like he's been fighting against the faces. Like he he had Moxley, he had, um, who was the other one? He had Joe. And now he was fighting against uh, Wheeler and mm. Kingston and all them. So I, I would say he's more of a heel. Mm. Okay. I think he I think he just gets the pop he gets because of his name and all that. That name recognition. Yeah. Um, I think you saw more of this than I did. I was uh I was still having some technical difficulties at the time. Um, but how did you feel? They said this. You said this was the uh, second longest match on the card. Yeah, so this was the second longest match on the card, but for good reason. They did a this match itself, kicking off the show was a great choice. Um, at first, I wouldn't have made it first, but then watching the match and seeing everything else that came after it, they did a great job kicking off the show in a high gear. Like Jericho looked great, uh, given his age, but you know, he's he's improved, like he's not improving, but he's he's looking good for his age, and he did great out there. He's adapting. Um, yeah, yeah. Sammy, Sammy didn't really do too much. I mean, Sammy was in the match here and there, but 
it was more for Jericho and uh, Suzuki than anybody else. Got it. This was actually this was actually the first match that uh, a fan got kicked out for. So if you guys didn't see it or didn't hear about it, um, a fan decided to get a little too friendly with Ty Conti, and that resulted in the fan being kicked out of the show. And the clips that were circulating online, I believe this was the same fan that while he was getting escorted out, thought it would be a bright idea to punch one of the security guards while he was getting carried out. He punched one of the security guards? I think I, yeah, there was quite a few fans that got taken out. And Yo. I think this was I think this was the fan that punched the security guard. That's nuts. So I mean that aside though, they still had a great match. Everybody, everybody was great. The chop contest between Suzuki and Kingston was pretty funny. I did see that. That um, was pretty cool. Wheeler Yuta looked great. Everybody, everybody showed showed off well in this match. Sammy did some things, but he took a back seat for the most part and let Jericho and Suzuki kind of lead the way. And they did great. And that result ended uh, kind of the same way I thought it was going to with Sammy, Jericho, and uh, Suzuki pulling out the victory. Yeah, something told me that this was Jericho was probably going to have the advantage, but it's it's fine. The way they built this up, I can't see Jericho winning blood and guts. So, yeah, and and I guess it all came full circle at the end. Um, I think they did a pretty good job the entire pay per view of kind of putting the spotlight on the people that deserved it, but also like on the veterans, but also like as a show in the States um, supporting New Japan, not supporting, but in partnership with New Japan, really did a great job of showcasing the people that New Japan had to offer and the New Japan greats um, that were featured on the pay-per-view. So I, I, I enjoyed that. In the chop contest with Eddie and, and Minoru, I got to see it, so that was pretty cool too. Yeah, they did. They did some great jobs showcasing both uh, both rosters. And the next match, the next match is a perfect segue for it because it was the three way winner takes all match for the ROH World Tag Titles and the IWGP Tag Titles between FTR, uh, United Empire, and Rapongi Vice. Uh, Jeff Cobb did great in this match. Like, like, as far as the United Empire went, I thought Jeff Cobb did a pretty damn good job. I couldn't um, tell you I was surprised. Jeff Cobb, I've seen Jeff Cobb live. Jeff Cobb is impressive. Well, yeah, we both have. He's impressive, yeah. Yeah, um, FTR did a great job as well. Rapongi Vice did better than I expected them to. I don't I don't know what it is. I'm still not, you know, still fully not sold on Rapongi Vice. Vice. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a... Uh, Maybe it's the maybe it's Trent Beretta. I'm just not fully sold on. Because mm. I like I like Rocky, but I don't know about Trent. Right. Well, you know, uh, but I they think did a they're... great job. Oh, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. But now you go. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think it's the best friends thing. As they're trying to maneuver some of these factions into being a little more championship ready. Mm -hmm. they've had to create this um, edge within the best friends 
that included getting rid of Wheeler Yuta, who ended up going to the Blackpool Combat Club, consisted on Trent kind of having a heel turn to him, Mm -hmm. but still being tied to Orange Cassidy. And then Chuck Taylor kind of falling out of the picture for Rocky Romero um, and Stadlander Mm -hmm. kind of getting her dark edge. So I think within creating that curve, they're still trying to make Trent Beretta seem as serious as he seemed when he first got here. Yeah. Um, So I could understand why it's just something's just not clicking yet. Yeah, but um, this match actually went kind of kind of outside for me because as much as I'm not really sold on Rapongi Vice, I kind of thought they were going to be the ones to take it all just for the fact that they're the only ones going in without titles. Um, the promo package that they did for them was kind of pretty good. Like we're going in with nothing to lose. We don't mm-hmm. have anything, so mm-hmm. we can just risk it all to get everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought they were going to go Rapongi Vice on that one. What'd you think? Um, I'd, I'd, I I got to be honest, I thought about it for a while, for a second. Um, because they didn't have anything, because they were clear, the, clearly the underdogs, they were clearly, um, even though they had some net worth in New Japan and um, on the greater indies, I felt like they were definitely the underdog. But even looking at it on paper, I felt like they had, they kind of have no choice booking wise, but to have Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood win. It, mm-hmm. it kind of had to be FTR. Um, yeah. Like, Cause you, you have your clear underdogs in Rapongi Vice. You mm-hmm. look at Jeff Cobb and the great Ocon, New Japan uh, lineage aside, they just look like um, the, the movable object. Yeah, they're huge. They're, you know, they're strong, they're talented, they're tenured. Um, And New Japan is always looked at as the more classy of the wrestling promotions. So they just they seemed more like, you know, they're up there. They're royal. They're clearly the the bullies in the fight. Yeah. But FTR. Story arc wise. is kind of greater than whatever Rapongi Vice and the United Empire are doing right now. Yeah, and you you can always you can get more out of FTR than you can Rapongi Vice and United Empire. Exactly. And unless they're gonna start having Jeff Cobb and the Great Ocon going everywhere, mm-hmm. which I think Jeff Cobb maybe, but the Great Ocon is kind of centered in New Japan. Yeah, yeah. He's he's more uh he was one of the lesser pops that uh, some of the New Japan roster got. So it, it's kind of a shoe in for them to put the belts on FTR because at this moment, FTR is really the ambassadors of tag team wrestling. Yeah. Like we hold the bucks high, I think, as a wrestling community. But a lot has to be said for just the ambassadorship of FTR and how they're really going everywhere and winning everything um, for the benefit of them, of course, but also shows great representation for whatever promotion puts the titles on them because they literally are everywhere. Yeah, um, 
I agree with that 100% because they're right now, they're, they're arguably the tag team in the world. Yeah. So yeah. they're like the, they're the new Dudleys almost. Yeah. Basically. Um, a lot more likable, maybe, <laughs> than, yeah. than the Dudleys. Uh, yeah, as like far new as age Dudleys. Ray is concerned, but they're like a new age Dudleys. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Devon. Sorry, Devon. Um, but yeah, yeah, they're like a new age Dudleys in a way that they're they're just solidified. And we remember the Dudleys for being one of the greatest tag teams uh as well. Mm-hmm. Because following Legion of Doom, the Dudleys were the next tag team to just hold gold everywhere um outside of wrestling. And now FTR within 10 years has done the exact same thing. So I think yeah. in in regards to newer incarnations, it's it's definitely FTR, um, and maybe the Bucks are probably closer to the Hardys. Then again, I could uh, I don't want to make that joke. That joke is dark. Um, but yeah, the the Bucks are probably closer to the Hardys. Uh, yeah, which were great at the time, but the Dudleys are definitely more proven track record wise. Mm. Yeah, they 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 have they have more hardware to to bestow. Yeah, so I, I definitely had FTR winning. Um, they were the they were the favorite for me, even though the mm-hmm. the underdogs and the bullies were clearly established. It was just they could have went either way with it, but I feel like story arc wise and Japan's really good for long term storytelling. It, you yeah. kind of had to go with FTR. Yeah, I, I'm not mad at the FTR thing. That that's the right choice. Um. I just figured it was going to be Rapunky Vice, but you know, I'm I'm definitely not mad with the uh, FTR. Yeah, well, I think in the um, grand scheme of things, it'd be great to when they take it off of Americans. Well, I can't even really say that, but when they take the titles off of FTR, I, I think it'd be great if they had the Gorillas of Destiny versus FTR. Oh, to take it oh, off, kind of bring it full excited. circle, create a moment for. Um, Tamatonga, as they're one of the greatest tag teams of New Japan as well. So, and how, how did he not pop up at Forbidden Door? Jesus, I don't know. They might be saving him for a second one. They may be, but still, good match. Uh, huge ups to FTR for the win. Uh, the next match was very, very good. Uh, it was the Fatal Four Way All Atlantic Championship match between Malachi Black, Pac. Miro and the new edition Clark Connors. Clark Connors surprised the hell out of me. I'm not gonna lie. Like I had I had no clue who this guy was beforehand, and then afterwards, like there, even during the match, it was like, holy crap, this guy's doing a lot. It felt like for a point in time, he was getting a majority of the action, which I felt like they had to do, mm-hmm. um, because. Like like you said, like a lot of people didn't know him going into it. And yeah, he was replacing I mean, such a big name that you kind of have to, he's got to earn his, he's got to seem like he earned his keep, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there was a reason they put him in there and he wasn't just a a placeholder. Like, yes, he was a placeholder, but, you know, like with yeah. great, with, with great reason. Yeah, I mean, it's it still surprised me how good he did, and on a on an even more surprising note, he was the only American in the match. 
I didn't, I, I thought he was like Australian or something because everybody was a different like nationality. nationality. He was the, and there was no, I don't think there was any Americans that kicked off the, the tournament. He was the only American in the whole thing. Maybe besides Ethan Page. Oh, I, I did. Yeah. I, okay. I did forget Ethan Page was in the, uh, in the tournament. Yeah. He just didn't make it to the end. Yeah. Yeah. He lost to, he lost to Pac, right? Pac or Rusev, uh, uh, Miro. <clears throat> yeah, but they, they, they had some great moments in this match as well. Um, Malachi Black breaking out the um, the Black Mist for Miro. Yes. Uh, Miro just catching everybody that jumped at him and, like, tossing them, just ragged on them completely. Mm. Connor, Connor showed out, did some stuff that I didn't expect. Um, and then Pac, man. That bastard finally got a belt. I was confused I think, at first. I man, I think it was a long time coming. I was confused at first, and then I feel like I got it. Because if if they're using that as the ambassador title for them, like we had said that they were, or had rumored mm-hmm. that it was going to be, then it makes a lot of sense. Because at first I was confused because I was like, well, Pac's been kind of in and out for years. Like, he's been part of the roster, but he hasn't been featured as much due to travel issues or this or that. Yeah. So he's always kind of here and there. Um, mm-hmm. So at first I was like, man, has he, has he stayed long enough to win a title? Um, and then I thought to myself, well, if it's always hard to book him <laughs> for the tours, it honestly makes more sense to give him a title that's an ambassador title because he's always going to be somewhere else. Yeah. So now it makes sense for him to go other places and defend the title and then come back, have a little bit of a storyline, help out the death triangle, and then go out back on the Indies, earn some extra money and still promote the belt. Yeah, and and that's that that was the smartest move for them because you figure Malachi, he's always gonna be with um with his uh House his of faction. Black. House of Black. I, I was blanking. And then Miro, Miro's kind of like usually in limbo, you know. He sometimes he has a storyline, sometimes he doesn't. Mm-hmm. When you put him in something, if it goes well, and and sometimes you do it and it doesn't. Uh and Clark Connors, people just don't know too much about Clark Connors aside from him winning the the Lions breakout cup in 2020 or 2021, whenever that was. So yeah. And then Pac really, he has the travel issues. Like you said, he's, he's had the injury issues. Um, but he's, that dude's also golden. He's also, he was the guy who was there from day one. Mm-hmm. Like he's mm-hmm. literally one of the day one guys for AEW. So, I mean, that was the, that was, that was a simple choice for me. And the ending, I like the ending very well. How he hit that, uh, that like corkscrew splash, and then hit the submission, and then it was all she wrote. Literally, as soon as he locked it in, man, we got a new mm-hmm. champion. I think, I think for everybody that they had that they had in the tournament, perfect first pick, best choice. I think, uh, I think you could do something eventually later too with him and either him and Miro or him and Malachi, and have them feud for the belt. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. Malachi probably Malachi probably the better bet of the two because you got the Death Triangle and then you got House of Black. Mhm. 
which wild where you're kind of mixing it up. Um, so I mm. think that's a good that's a good first um, offense for him. So I want your thoughts on this next match. Uh the dudes with attitude, Darby, Sting, and Shingo Takaji versus uh the one night reunion of Bullet Club. It's your boy El Fantasmo and the and the Bucks. Oh man, so this was this was great. Um this is probably the first match I got to see start to finish without any issues. Um and this was just it was just really good from like from the jump, from the sting entrance. Um this was great. El Fantasma was hilarious. Um Sting doing the the old scaffold trick uh to ending up on the entrance for that dive was great and everybody just kind of going at it. Um and then the the uh I can just remember Sting diving and Darby beating him with the beating him down with the skateboard. Um but this was really more of a, a a comic relief. Like this, this to me, as great as it was, was kind of the bathroom break match. Um, but the amazing thing about AEW is that even the bathroom break matches are are, are great matches. They're, mm-hmm. they're just they're only the bathroom break matches because they're less serious. Um, but the less serious stuff ended up being hilarious. Like El Fantasmo just having that spot where he's just showing all of his great athleticism to pull off what in the end is just a back rake is like it's just great yeah uh, so there was a lot of that that was hilarious the uh you know and and it ended well the double um oh my god the double scorpion death drops um all the different spots with darby it, it ended it ended really well um yeah. and and they kind of just it they kind of just had a, a a solid match start to finish they didn't do anything super amazing um yeah yeah but they just put in solid work start to finish and um yeah they they, they didn't need the they didn't need the five star superstar match a solid three or solid two and a half star match would have been, would have just been just what the doctor ordered given everything else that was happening on the card. Mm-hmm. And and I think they ended it perfect as well. Having it uh, be taken home by just the new Japan talent, which also uh, forgetting to mention, they did such a good job. And I think Mrs. Jobber contributed to how well they were telling the story of the match yeah. too. Um, they did. They waited so long to bring out Shingo until like really the very end to bring it home. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was. It was funny because, um, M goes, man, they're they're not letting that other guy get anything in. I was <laughs> like, well, that's kind of <laughs> that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah. kind of the point. Uh, Phantasmo gets to be funny, blah, blah, blah. They'll do all their spots. And at the end, the veteran New Japan guy brings it home. So yeah. he gets his own spotlight all to himself. Um, so just just great work. You know, it, you don't have you don't always have to have a great story. You don't always have to have um a super serious guy. Sometimes you just need guys that can put a great story together. Yeah. Or like and that, 15, and that- you know whatever time that you give them 
Yeah, and and they did a great job with that. Uh, Shingo did his thing when he came in that uh, towards the latter end. Like you said, El Fantasmo just being a damn goofball the, the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they did that. The they let Haiku Leo get a little bit of action in there. Sting scaring the ever loving crap out of me, jumping off of that thing. <laughs> like, bro, you're, you are 63 years old. You do not need to be jumping off of things. Leave it to the Hardys. Well, no, leave it to the one Hardy. Yeah. But, yeah, not the Hardy but it's still, <laughs> it's still a very solid match. Uh, they did great with this one. Um, and that ended pretty much as expected. Yeah. Sting, Shingo, and Darby coming out on top. Yeah. Uh, and then the following match after that, we have Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm for the AEW Women's Championship. Not going to lie, this match I missed because, like, you were having technical difficulties. I was having technical difficulties. So I didn't really get to see much of this match. So, uh, Man, you know the cool I- thing? I, I saw the beginning of this. Um. And again, crazy thing is, is somebody commented this, and I agree. They kind of have to do a better job of building people for Thunder Rosa. Yeah. Like, I like Tony, but just sometimes... Sometimes the championship match with the, with the opponent that just got here is kind of only good if they just got here. Yeah, it's and I was thinking the same thing. Like, yeah, sure, she got here a little bit ago, but she's not the newest person to debut. And it feels like they they struggle sometimes doing that with the women. Like, had they done that, had they done what they did with um somebody we'll talk about later with Tony for the championship, mm-hmm. that would have been different. That would have been exciting, blah, blah, blah. Like um, what they did with um Ruby Soho? Yes. Oh. Um, where like there was a big match and you didn't know who it was going to be and all the rumors are clouding around it. Boom. If you did that, like back in the day, they had an X Division title match um, for AJ Styles that was the debut of Jeff Hardy in TNA. Yeah. If you did it that way. Yeah, I, okay, I was talking about. If they did it that way it would have been a bigger hype. But because Tony had been here for a few weeks and they did a whole tournament thing and, you know, everything, it just, eh, it just didn't feel, didn't feel, you know, big. Um, Yeah. But that being said, I didn't, I didn't get to see much more than the beginning, um, which looked nice, you know, but again, there's the thing about AEW that, is kind of the Achilles heel is that everyone is good. Yeah. Everyone is always good in AEW. That's like a big thing. Everyone can go. So when you know everyone can go, having a match where two people that can go or just two people that can go, it, it's it's not as exciting. Yeah. Um, that being said, I like I said, I don't want to tear them down too much because we were both having technical issues. And by the time my technical issues were over, the match was done. Um, yeah. So I can't say too much about the match, but I can only speak for the hype. And I, there wasn't much to it because at the end of the day, two people that can wrestle, wrestling is really only good 
if you are not have a story for it. Yeah, if you have a long story or you're just not expecting the other person. Yeah. I mean, and it's also worth mentioning that they had they had the short by far the shortest time out of anybody on the card. They 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 came in at just over 10 minutes. So they they didn't have very long to work with either, but I mean, that's given what a stacked card. Yeah. And like you said, without a story, mm, you can only do so much. from Japan, not that they could do that unless they like partnered with uh, one of the other Japanese promotions. Which yeah, you, 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 kind, you kind of put yourself on a crutch on that one. Exactly. They, they weren't really put in the spot to win in the beginning, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's about all I can say about that. I mean, Hopefully oh, hey, by blood I mean, and guts. Yeah, hopefully by then they have uh, more uh, more for their women than just, you know, what they gave us. Mm-hmm. Next match after that, we have Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay. Orange Cassidy did his thing a little bit in this match. I'm not going to lie. man. It, it, it surprised me. Like, I Yo, mean, we, we know Orange Cassidy can go. We know Orange Cassidy's really good, but... With Yo, Will Ospreay, you kind of know, like, if you're in there with Will Ospreay, you got to step it up a little bit. You got to you gotta have your wits together. Like, and he did. He delivered. Mm-hmm. If we ever... That man did. If we great. ever get back to watching um, and having, like, events for these pay-per-views, um, yeah, yeah, this was definitely something to have a crowd of... Uh, a gang of wrestling fans... Um, around you for because this match was probably the best match on the card for me um mm-hmm. and maybe a little biased because i'm a huge fan of will osprey and everything that he's done and how he's grown since the ricochet stuff and um oh, he's just become man like you know what i mean it's, it's yeah i yeah. mean he, if you were watching he's really you saw he's it, really he's coming to his own he he's really coming to his own. Yes. He's he's grown a lot in the last few years. He's definitely improved. I remember people were saying a while back he'd be good if he just put on a little bit of muscle, a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. He did he just that. He got the that. muscle in the weight, yep. He got yeah, the muscle did. in the weight. He did just that. He's he's one of them guys that even though he's holding a mid-card title right now, he can carry a company. He can carry a company, absolutely. Um, and, and not for nothing, like... Ah oh, man, so years ago when they were when when he had that breakout match with Ricochet and uh a lot of the vets were upset and it was like, oh, they just do flippy shit. It's not a blah blah blah. And they were putting that big knock on him. He's come so, so far from that. Yeah, he's he's definitely been one of those guys that have proven a lot of the doubters wrong. Like, all right, I'm doing just flippy spinny shit, but I can become technical too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm still too small. I'm still too skinny. Okay, bet I'll put on about 15, 20 pounds of solid muscle. Mm-hmm. Like he, everything people have nitpicked with him about, mm-hmm. he's improved, mm-hmm. and he's even, shown that. He, but not that he was uh, the being uh, Oscar, not Oscar, being uh, Okada's young boy and not being a main eventer creating his own faction, becoming mm-hmm. a world champion. Like, the Will Ospreay has become one of them. Yeah. Um, and surrounded by Aussie Open, going against Orange Cassidy, 
coming back to Orange Cassidy, this was a groundbreaking match for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I and I was I was trying to explain this before to to M, but this is why you have to have a group of people around you to feel this kind of energy. Um, I was explaining to M, this match is so big for him because his match with Jericho was one thing. You beaten. I hate to give Jericho any kind of credit, but beating a sports entertainer and was generally a, a sports entertaining gimmick match mm-hmm. is different than going up with one of those ones yeah, and having an amazing, amazing show-stealing match. Mm-hmm. Because now it puts you in a position of like you going against Jericho and beating him is, oh man, this guy can sell a lot. This guy's really marketable. This guy's great, uh, fan wise. But beating, uh, not beating, but just having that kind of match with Will Osprey puts you in a place where, oh, this guy is championship material. He's not just for the merch. He's exactly he's one of them. So I think it does. He, he's one of he's one of your building block pieces. Exactly. He's a great. He does. He they just did an amazing job for Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And the the result didn't go Orange Cassidy's way, but he gained something better than even getting a victory. He he gained some credibility for his name and for his brand, not just with AEW but with other companies as well. Mm-hmm. You you got to look at him different now. Yeah, you definitely do. You got to look at him different. He went to war with Osprey, and it was entirely unexpected. Yeah. Like, I expected um, something good, but I didn't expect that. That was amazing. Yeah. We didn't uh-huh. out there and yeah, he, he, they did very great. Arguably one of the best matches on the card that night. Probably, if not the best match, um, it's neck and neck with probably what could be the best match on the card. Yeah. Um, so the next match we have was originally going to be Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Now, we all know, unfortunately, Brian Danielson has his injury. He's unable to compete at Forbidden Door and for Blood and Guts. So he made the phone call to find his replacement. And to nobody, really to not many people's surprise, the replacement was none other than the one, the only, Claudio Castagnoli, formerly known as Cesaro. Did this man look good or did this man look good? I'm sorry. Man, this is, I'm giving most of this to you because this is your guy, but wow. Yeah. Like Like I said, when I said neck and neck, this would have been the neck and neck. It was either yeah. this match or the match before it. But these two, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They killed it, dude. Like, I kind of expected I kind of expected it to be Claudio. It wasn't really much of a surprise to me. In fact, he did so good that we, we could make him unofficial special edition wrestler of the pot, most yes, likely. Sir. That's yes, how good sir. it was. Um, just the pop that he got, he, he might have got the best pop of the night. It might be between him and somebody from the next match mm-hmm. but as far as like people who have been established in the states i think he got the best pop of the night man oh my goodness and i mean he still looked 
in top shape, still looked as strong as like a damn horse. Like the dude was ready from from the jump. And the fact that he's officially Blackpool Combat Club, like wearing the shirts and everything, mm-hmm. makes it even better. Mm-hmm. Like Blackpool Combat Club looks damn near unstoppable now. Yeah. No, they're a force. They're a force. Like, <laughs> Arguably, like they could yeah. be the best faction right now. Yeah. I, I remember, you remember what I messaged you? I messaged you, man. They're like a new school evolution. With with uh, uh, with Mox and Brian being the vets of the team, led by uh, uh, their non-active Ric Flair would be William Regal. You got the Muscle mm-hmm. and Cesaro, and then uh, the Young Buck Willie Yuta, and they're just uh, just a, yeah, like a it's monster a- team. And it's crazy too because everybody there, like as like. Take Wheeler Yuta out of the equation. The three the three former WWE guys that are active all have great chemistry with each other for number one. Yes. And number two, they're all in some way, shape, or form friends outside of the ring. Mm-hmm. That it makes that it makes it that much more interesting. Like Danielson and uh and Moxie, that they, they got their friendship outside the ring. Mm-hmm. Cesaro and Moxley, they got they got their friendship inside the ring and mm. outside the ring. Figure Moxley was the one who muffed up Cesaro's teeth back in WWE. Wait, was that Moxley? Yeah, it was Moxley. It, it was him when he hit him with the when he hit him with the thing and he went right mm-hmm. into the turnbuckle. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was Dean. So I mean, they they all got that like camaraderie and that friendship and that chemistry that will just make their group even that much better. And then you throw in the young guy, Wheeler Yuta, you got three amazing vets to learn from, along with Regal. Mm. Like, it just, it works. It, it's like poetry. The wild thing is, I think Brian and Claudio are going to be the ones to attack the tag division um, before they start like getting that. singles titles, because I mean they, they have enough titles, but with Wheeler Yuta being the Ring of Honor pure champion, I would think they kind of want to push that rather yeah. than shoving him in the tag team. Push that he's the ROH pure champion, like you know, for ROH, but also for his singles credibility. Yeah. Um, and Danielson with Mox being champ now, interim champ until Punk gets back. Um, the tag division would be perfect for uh, Brian and Claudio to just kind of take over. Because uh, Claudio, his performance against Zack Sabre Jr. last night was um, so good. I think we know when he goes singles, it's, it's a wrap kind of yeah. for everybody. I could I could see him being a world champion. And I don't want to discredit Zack Sabre Jr. because I'm a huge fan of Zack Sabre Jr. Oh um, yeah, without question. And Zack Sabre Jr. did what he does, man. He's so he's so awesome to watch. He and he showed you that he's one of the best technical wrestlers in the world right now. Absolutely. And and the crazy thing is, because he was in New Japan so long, a lot of the people in the States don't know. But I've been watching Zack Sabre Jr. for years. And Zack Sabre Jr. to me is um, as good, if not better, than Dean Malenko was in WCW. 
Mm-hmm. Because Dean used to take those cruiserweights and stretch the hell out of them. Yeah. And do things you've probably never seen done until Zack Sabre Jr. or Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zach did what he was supposed to do, but what an amazing, oh, what an amazing curveball with Claude, the way Claudio performed in there because his his offense was just the utmost strength in striking. Yeah. Uh, it was a total different matchup. And that's one of the best places for Zach Sabre Jr. to show his stuff because it becomes uh, it's it just it's it's pure brain over brawn. Yeah, because we, we all know we all know Claudio's a great technical wrestler in his own right. Yes. But he's he's one of those uh I, I'd say he's one of those like five tool type of performers. Yes. Like, Absolutely. like you, he can, he does a, he does great in everything, what almost everything, but he also does really good in the other stuff. Like he can't really be a high flyer, but he can jump off the ropes and do all this other stuff. Very good technical wrestler, amazing when it comes to the strength, the striking, amazing. He can, he can do a lot. Like submission wise, that's probably maybe his weakest area, but he still has submissions. Like he can still do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And he he showcase. Go ahead. And I was I was just gonna say, and I think it's it shows to the quality of uh, AEW and New Japan's booking that they chose Claudio, um, mm-hmm. because he's a he's a, <laughs> this is great. He's a Swiss Army man. Um, yeah, he was able to pick the parts of his uh, the parts of his move sets that make it a different type of match entirely than Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan versus Zack Sabre Jr. So that when Daniel comes back, it would still preserve the hype of Daniel Bryan versus Zack Sabre Jr. Even though Claudio yeah. could easily came out there and put on that same style of match, because he's so good at any field, he chose to use this part, uh, this part yeah. of his moveset to make the match equally as great in a totally different way that still made both of them shine. Yeah, like he, he was still able to touch into the technical side a little bit, but like you said, he used more of the strength and striking aspect. Mm-hmm. And then it'll still make the Danielson match even, maybe even better, mm-hmm. considering uh, he wasn't here for this one. Mm-hmm. But he, he showcased what he needed to do. He was able to use his strength, like we said. Um, lifting him up with one arm, carrying him up the steps, and then powerbombing him in the ring. He got the swing in. Oh, my God. Um, the sharpshooter. Like he was He Man. was able... He he gave us exactly what we wanted since he's been gone. Did you... He, did, he, did he get you? Because I almost thought he was going to win at the very beginning when he just uh, teed off on him when the bell rang. Uh, Sabre Jr.? Yeah. No, what he... Does he like... He teed off on him with that uppercut. Um, with that European uppercut. Oh, you you thought like right out the gate? Yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, and then he landed. Yeah. Um, I don't know what he's gonna call it now, but that. Um, oh my goodness, you know what I'm talking about? That neutralizer. The neutralizer. Yeah, when he teed off on him with the with the running European uppercut, and then hit the neutralizer, and everybody was going crazy. I almost mm-hmm. thought this was gonna be like an ultimate yeah. warrior beats the honky talk man kind yeah, of. Yeah, they teased the hell out of us with that one. 
Oh my God. When he kicked out, I was like, y'all, y'all had me there. Cause I really uh-huh. was buying into Claudio. Cause they don't do that all too much. And that, and that's no. why I like it. And it, you know what? I honestly might've been okay. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I honestly might've been okay with him getting like a Brock Lesnar style win on, on Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> Like, you know what? The guy's I'm, so strong, dude. You believed it. Like, <laughs> like, you know what? I'll be okay with it just because I know we're going to get a second match. Yes. 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 Like, oh my God. They almost got me there, man. Yeah. But they, they did great, man. I, I have no gripes with that match. Uh, kudos to Tony for, for actually making this happen. I mean, you know, fans been dying to see Cesaro elsewhere and I'm glad this would probably be a great place for him to showcase what he got. Mm. Mm. And I think it did wonders for Zach Sibber Jr. Uh, as well. Not that he needed it, but for the people in the States to see how he's so entertaining, the way he mm-hmm. can pick apart a body part. So it doesn't matter what size or how good you is. He's just his, his brain on the fly. And the way he can just turn anything into a submission move is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So I think it did wonders for both of them. Yeah, I I would agree to that. And then we have our co-main event, which was for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. We got Jay White, Hangman Adam Page, the biggest pop that any New Japan star got, Kazuchika Okada. Yes. Yes. And Adam with good Cole. reason. Um Bay Bay. I think this I think this match right here, I didn't get to see the whole thing. You you saw more of this than I did, but I did see the introductions of everyone. The roof was blown off the arena for Okada. Yeah. On fire. I think I think Okada just showed that he's not, not only money in New Japan, he's money in the States too. Yeah. Yeah. They went off for Okada. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like I said, with great reason. He, yeah. Like, uh, you could just feel it. You could feel it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they definitely, you, de- they, you definitely could with all those fans. And Adam Cole kind of surprised. I thought he was injured. He was injured at the end of the match. Um, and they. No, they... I thought I, I, I thought he was injured. Oh, beforehand. going in. Yeah, because everybody was saying he was hurt going in, and. Well, but they had taken. He had taken. Um, I don't want to say leave. He was on TV. They had taken so, him out of matches. Okay, for like that month because he was he was working he was working off something. Um, so that he would, could come into the match a hundred percent. And then I think somewhere within the match, he got a concussion. Oh, okay. And he so kind of did wind up getting hurt. Yes, and it kind of cut um, the end of the match short. It cut the finish off because um, mm-hmm. I think he got hurt. Jay White realized he got hurt. Jay White hit a highlight move and then immediately went over to pin Adam Cole to end the match. Okay. And get out of there um, and send it home. So, so, so he... he... He called it on the fly pretty much. Yeah, I think Jay White realized what was going on, called it on the fly, and, and put a stop to the match. I think I think Jay White would have had to have been the guy to call something on the fly, too, because you figure 
Hangman's still probably the newest out of all those guys. Yeah. Adam, I I could see Adam running the match, but, you know, Adam's got the concussion, so now you need a co-pilot. Exactly. And Okada's not very familiar with uh, the American style of wrestling, if you will. I mean, I'm... I don't want right. to sound bad when I say this. I don't think Okada really knows English either. Well, so, yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure myself. So, yeah. So, um, and and in uh, that in that kind of arena, the best person to make that call would have been Jay White. Yeah. Um. So I think, yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. But to to their credit, a lot of the match was done. They had hit a lot of big mm-hmm. spots. I think everybody had hit their finisher at least once. Um, and I think, I believe somebody landed a Michinoku driver that, uh, and it might've been, it might've been Okada that hit a Michinoku driver on, um, Cole. And I think he, it maybe his head, uh, hit the mat too early and it gave him a concussion. Um, and I think just shortly after that, Jay White had noticed and they put a spot together for Jay White to get his to get um what is his version of this the sister Abigail? I'm blanking. Um is it called like the switchblade? Is it called the Yeah, that, I think it's like uh, I think it's called the switchblade or it's like crossblade or, or the crossblade. Okay. Yeah. So he hits the crossblade on somebody and then goes to pin Cole, which I thought was weird. Um, and then as he's going up the ramp and the bucks are coming down, if you see the ref talking to Adam, you're like, oh, Adam's hurt. He called that early because Adam's hurt. That's yeah. why he pinned Adam. Um, probably so he could pin him, make sure he's okay, and then leave. Um, which, great call on his part. They had a great match all the way up to that. Um, disappointing finish, but the match was amazing. So yeah, I mean, great call. At, at, yeah, at that point, you understand, like you, you can't really give a, a you can't really give two shits about the finish at that point. Like we all want to see a great match from start to end, but when it comes to you know somebody's health, that takes yeah, that's president over. So you guys could have had a six star match all the way through if you guys got to scrap the finish and do something on the fly because somebody's hurt. Don't even think twice about it. Just go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we won't. There, there won't be many gripes about the ending if somebody's hurt and you guys got to where you had to go the best way you can. Mm. Yeah, at that so, moment, they made the best decision. Yeah, so kudos to Jay White for calling it on the fly and doing what he had to do. Um, yeah, and art, and also to point out that was actually the longest match of the card. That one clocked in at uh twenty one minutes. Oh, okay. So, so they, so they even, even then, even with a scrapped finish, still had the longest match on the card. You're still putting together some of the best stuff. Mm-hmm. No gripes. I mean, I, I'll take what I can get. And yeah, you got to kind of figure Jay White. Yeah. Kind of figured Jay White was going to walk out with the belt anyway. Yeah, yeah. And then we have the final match of the card, the main event, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the interim AEW world title. I think we both called this one. I think we both expected it to be Moxley winning. Definitely. I mean, um, and I didn't, I know I didn't agree with it at first, and I thought Tanahashi should go over it if it ended uh, up being Moxley. 
I remember having that discussion. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I think by the time we arrived at the night, like I think going into Sunday, I, I knew Mox was away. Yeah, we we kind of figured uh no uh Tony wasn't gonna put the belt on a, a Japan guy. But it, you also remember what I said, had somebody from AEW taken home the first belt. Yeah. I had Tanahashi winning. I mean, the, well, they the made a man. They took the IWGP tag titles, but then again, it's FTR. FTR is yeah. always gonna FTR is always gonna be able to travel everywhere. Exactly. But, uh, you know what would have been funny is um had Kenny appeared somewhere on this card. Oh, that would have been brutal. Um, that would have been a great. That would have been a great. Um, a great that twist, a great plot twist. I'd have had, I'd have had, I'd have had Tanahashi take it because, uh, because Omega came in and fucked up Moxley's win. <laughs> and, and there's really two spots they could have put. If Kenny came back, there really two spots you could have put him. You could have put Kenny with the, with the AEW title match, or you could have put Kenny into the Fatal Four Way and had him interfere and do something. That's true. You could have him do either one. Um, but that being said, yeah, the main event, um, I, I definitely had mostly, but brutal fight. Yeah. What a brutal fight. match. Like that, that was a, that was a Moxley match through and through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I seen his face at the end and I'm like, damn, they, that dude went through, it looks like he went through hell. Yeah. yeah well, well, this is the, this is the great thing though. Um, I don't, agree, <laughs> while I don't agree and I'm not going to say that I, I didn't see him blade. So I'm not going to say he bladed. Um, but if he did, hypothetically speaking, that was a terrible spot to blade. And it had no reason or like it was just. Yeah, uh, like it was, <laughs> it, it, was it looked bad. There. It looked bad. <laughs> Which I want to say he got, I want to say it happened hard way. And like maybe something happened on the outside. Because, dude, there was a lot of because blood. All, all all Hiroshi did was a sling blade, and uh, Mox rode out the ring, popped up, uh, uh, uh bleeding. So, the, <laughs> I mean, my wrestling knowledge would tell me he bladed, but my like personal IQ would tell me there's no way you could have been busted open by that. So, hopefully, something happened on the outside. Um, yeah, it, it kind of looked like he did blade because, dude, like, from a sling blade, it was blade, a lot. Like you yeah, said, it was a lot. From a sling blade, there's no way you bleed like that. No, but I, I see what he was trying to do for the match. Yeah, I was gonna say, but because I've taken, I, I've taken a shot to the head and started bleeding from the head, and I didn't bleed that much. No, and 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 the head is known to bleed a lot, but a sling blade is not doing that. Yeah, like um, I, I took a whole baseball to the head and. I didn't bleed that much. I had like one little, yeah. I had the cut here and that was it. That looked like it was a big cut. That yeah, almost yeah. looked Abdullah the Butcher-like. Yeah, his hair looked totally different by the end of it. He was getting Ric Flair hair. Um, yeah. That being said, they did what they were supposed to do. Again, they did what they were supposed to do as the people in the States for New Japan because for a lot of the match, it was just Hiroshi kicking his ass. Yeah. Like Mox would have his spots, but most of it was showing the people how amazing Hiroshi Tanahashi is. Um, 
which me personally, I appreciated. Um, and I noticed, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, we never, we never talked about it, but I heard it come up a lot during the commentary that night. When did they stop calling him New Japan's Hulk Hogan and start calling him New Japan's Bret Hart? Wait, do you, what? Do you know when that happened? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> I do remember him being um, called their like Hulk Hogan at one point, and then suddenly he was their their Bret Hart. I don't know. <laughs> but they, now that you've mentioned it, they didn't. Now they, that you mentioned that, I, I never. And they put the wool over my eyes on that one because I completely <laughs> forgot about that. They definitely just started calling him New Japan's Bret Hart out of nowhere. I definitely don't remember them saying that. But I know they started calling him the Ace for a while. Yes, the Ace always. I remember that. I remember the Ace. Um, I do not remember the Bret Hart one. That that one came as a shock to me. I mean, wait, hold on. Would you rather be called Bret Hart though, or would you rather be called Hulk Hogan? Uh, I'd rather be called Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, no, no. It, Bret Hart like or Hulk Hogan, and everybody would pick Shawn Michaels. But if I had to choose, if I had to choose between getting called Hulk Hogan or getting called Bret Hart. I'd rather be called Bret Hart. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I think people forget, like, Bret's not you know, super credible as people are making him out to be. He's like, not, but, you know, neither is Terry anymore. I guess you're right. I mean, just because he but managed FTR that one time doesn't kind of excuse all the stuff he said before that's kind of questionable. But whatever. Hey, maybe... Maybe Whatever. Tanahashi will punch his boss. You never know. <laughs> but Tanahashi did great. Tanahashi was amazing. Seeing him hit the high fly flow was great. Um, mm-hmm. One of the top five frog splashes in history, I believe. Um, I could give him that. Um, so, so they did. They did what they were supposed to do for New Japan, and then uh, Moxley definitely probably... I think Moxley definitely led the match. Mm-hmm. Like, Moxley probably laid out the match that way um, so that Tanahashi could shine, and then they could do what they needed to do at the end. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I would say so. And, and I noticed that pattern, too, a lot in this card. A lot of the... Uh... A lot of the AEW guys, for the most part, were the ones leading the matches. I think with the only the only exception probably being the uh the Claudio and Zach Saber Jr. match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh Osprey. The mm-hmm. Osprey and uh Orange Cassidy match. Yeah, those two uh were pretty back and forth. Um, yeah, this yeah. one's definitely favored Tanahashi a lot, which um, I'm sure makes New Japan open to a second forbidden door. Oh, without question. Um, because just just like nothing felt like fighting for power, which is always what you, uh, which is always the the fear 
of these kind of mm-hmm. uh, pay-per-views. Yeah, when, when you get two big companies, it, it almost feels like, you know, one's like trying to tug the rope farther away from the other one and mm. get more of their guys in. But this this was a lot of, you know, give and take. Like, you know, all right, we're going to have our guy do this. This guy's going to shine. And then, okay, well, this guy's going to shine. We can have our guy shine over here. Mm. There, there was a lot of give and take in this in this pay-per-view. And I think they did a great job with making sure everybody got their shine, but making sure each company had something to gain from this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that kind of that kind of um does it for me. I was just I was I thought it was great to see Tanahashi, thought it was great to see Osprey, I thought it was great to see Okada. Um, mm-hmm. The people that I missed were the Gorillas, and um, I didn't get to see Bone Soldier, which I was a little upset about. I felt like they could have yeah, put Bone I mean, Soldier in there instead of El Fantasma, but it was it was good. Where it, it did what it was supposed to do, so I can't be too upset about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you can't really complain. I mean, there, there's obviously there was people from both promotions you would have liked to see, but you know maybe whether it's travel restrictions or scheduling or injury-wise. Mm-hmm. Or other companies I mean, like Andrade. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't really... Damn, Andrade would have been a good one. Um, but, you know, like, like we said, they did great for what they had. Um, I would... I, me, personally, I would love to see a Forbidden Door too. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you could... As a matter of fact, I think like this time next year, you could probably do it. Make it a yearly thing. Make, make it could, like your. Uh... I think they could do. I think they could do a kind of a juggling act. I think if they can, there's no big, huge Canadian promotion. Um, but I think between Japan and Mexico, you could have a Forbidden Door mm-hmm. every year with one or the other. I think they do Forbidden Door two yeah. next year, but they do it with Mexico and AAA. Because AAA already mm-hmm. seems like yeah, very that would, open then to you get Andrade in. Right. And then you can get yeah, Andrade. That, I, I would I would I would I would love that. And Damn, I feel now like, that you mentioned it, yeah. I feel it like that would be it need to be uh I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, I just no, wanted no, to ahead, say go I go don't go think it I don't think uh I don't think they need to do it with Japan every year now. I think they could do it with other companies. With other promotions, like like you said, a, like a AAA or a CMLL, or um, they could probably even pull it off of one of the uh, the Europe promotions too. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So you so yeah, I, I think I think depending on uh, this is such a great time for wrestling. <laughs> like the way that they're yeah. the way that they're able to navigate and kind of be hand in hand with every promotion. Um, and I think they can do like a minor forbidden door as well. Like it doesn't even have to be with promotions from different States. Maybe one year you can just do a full on impact versus AEW forbidden door. Yeah, that would be dope. Um, cause I think there'd be some, there'd still be some great matches there. Uh, I could still, I could see. I could see you doing that Claudio match with uh, the walking weapon, Alexander. Um, mm-hmm. I could see you doing Moose versus Jericho. 
I could see, you know, I could see a couple of the Motor City Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks again. I could see that. Um, I think there's a lot of possibility with just that one. But yeah, I think this was uh, all in all, oh, uh, Forbidden Door was a great pay-per-view. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. And I I'm definitely down for them doing this uh, yearly. And the funny thing is, um, and it'll open up that possibility that maybe one year they can do one with WWE. Um, They probably won't. I'm sure they won't. But every year you can kind of get the, maybe every somewhat possibly it could happen. It keeps the hope alive, you know? You know what? I don't think... Because uh, we haven't talked about this yet. Um, I'm sure we're going to address it sooner or later. With Vince not being there right now, I think there's a better chance of it happening with him not being there than there is with him being there. Uh, and I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I think there's a better sh shot of WWE and AEW doing something like Forbidden Door with somebody else at the helm instead of Vince. Yeah, I'll say as far as the McMahon, if if it were, <clears throat> if they were led by the McMahon Helmsleys, it'd be a lot. It'd, it'd be it'd be a shorter road to get there. Yeah, because if because one thing, uh, at least as far as you know, because Steph is the interim CEO now, mm -hmm. she's a lot more open to outside business ventures than Vince is because mm -hmm. Vince is still very old fashioned, very set in the ways of what got him big in the eighties and nineties. Mm -hmm. So I think with Steph and Hunter, it, there's a possibility it could happen in a shorter amount of time than it would with Vince. Mm -hmm. Like you just said. Oh man. So with that being said, um, forbidden door survivor series. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would gladly. That 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 sounds like a good move to me. Um, before we knock this off, and before we go, go on and let these listeners listen, what what rating would you give this on a scale of one to ten? Uh, for me, yeah. Maybe an eight. You're going to go with the eight? Only because it just... One point, because the Fatal 4-Way didn't end the way it was supposed to. And it was kind of anticlimactic. Oh, no, seven. No, I can't say seven. I'll do eight with, like, mm -hmm. the, the two negative points, combined points. So... I'll give it uh, an eight. I can't give it a 10. One, because of um, the on-the-fly finish and the Fatal 4-Away. Um, two, because there's kind of a dip when you go into the women's division, but you can't yeah. exclude the women from the card. So they're going to, in the future, if you can... Tag build their on story another, better. Yeah, if you can tag on another Japanese promotion um, just for the women so that they can get one or two matches mm -hmm. in there that are built up, 
that would be great. Mm-hmm. And three, because I I wasn't I wasn't super pleased with the fact that they kind of ended um Forbidden Door promoting blood and guts. Yeah. Like I wasn't thrilled about it. Like if you guys had just ended it at Moxley and Tanahashi shaking hands and going off into the sunset, that'd have been a better ending to me than you pushing Forbidden Door. Like I didn't need to see that. I didn't need mm-hmm. that. Y'all could have y'all could have waited till Wednesday for that. Yeah. Um, um but other than that. Uh I'm gonna go 8.5. I, I'll give it an 8.5. Uh given everything that happened, I think they did a great job. Obviously, you know, with the Adam Cole thing, uh with the changing it on the fly. The women's, they could have improved that. Um, and then just the people that couldn't be there because of, you know, injury or whatever, like your punks, your Brian Danielsons, uh, Redragon. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But given everything that happened, everybody did pretty solid all the way through the card. The Claudio match lifted it up. Um, the Fatal 4-Way was great up until the injury the um, Cassidy and uh, Osprey did an amazing job. So yeah, I, I can I, I'm comfortable giving it an eight point five. Yeah, it was it was a great pay per view, man. Yeah, it was great. But guys, there you have it. That is our AEW New Japan Forbidden Door rundown. This was a great show. Definitely approve of what they did. Looking forward to hopefully a Forbidden Door 2, whether it's with New Japan or with another company elsewhere. Stevie Jobber, before we log off, you got anything else you want to say, bro? Um, Hopefully they can do this for years. You know, give me a two, give me a three, four, five. Um, I love to see it. it it'll be way better than um, WWE Survivor Series. Especially since they're about to combine the rosters again soon. Um, so this is, I just, I love it. I love it. They did a great job. They showcased a lot of talent. Um, and just, I mean, they continue to deliver, man. You say what you want yeah. about AEW, but man, you can't watch a show and be like, they just, they just deliver. If you're a wrestling fan, this, you just can't get enough. What a time. What a time. Well, guys, that concludes this episode. If you guys got anything you want to say about the pay-per-view, whether you liked it or you didn't like it, make sure you let us know. You can let us know anywhere. You can let us know on IG, on Twitter, on the website, anywhere you can let us know, and we'll reach out to you. And, you know, hey, maybe you disagree with us, maybe you agree. But either way, we'll interact with you guys just like you interact with us. Make sure you check out this podcast on all of our platforms, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music. You can listen to it on the website as well, dangerousjobberswebsite.com. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Dangerous Jobbers. Um, and that's pretty much it, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you stay up. Make sure you stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous.
Saskatchewan.